Welcome to Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. A Buddha is someone who's awake within the matrix and co-creating with divinity as a soul having a human experience. Each enlightened episode is dedicated to help you level up the energy field of your Merkaba. You can manifest the parallel reality that fits the best version of you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes and does not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Now, let's welcome your host, author Von Galt, and her guest. Welcome to another episode of Merkaba Chakras. I'm your host, Von Galtz, and today we are going to do an extension episode of the previous one with Debbie Solaris, who is a Galactic Akashic Records reader. And she's going to do a session on me to see what my galactic akashic record uh reading is so with further ado debbie you have the platform and okay. let's go down me. the rabbit hole what's behind okay, let's go let's go yeah ding 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 um <laughs> well anyway with usually with these akashic readings i always ask for full name your full legal, legal name and birth date and uh and then you know we, we usually like to clear the space i do a you know divine heart triangle so i'll connect my heart chakra with the client and then I'll connect with the with source energy because we want to keep those vibrations really high. And then I do a little bit of a space clearing. And then I do the pathway prayer, which is a traditional way of accessing the records. So today I'm going to be doing um, Vaughn's Akashic Records reading today. So um, I'll be using her name and birthday and then we'll be accessing her records. Um, my style is probably a little bit different than what you see with other Akashic readers that just go into earth history. I like to go way into the galactic history. So we're going to be talking about some galactic history along the way, but it's going to be all good. And it's all going to pertain to Vaughn and who she is today. So without, um, so I guess without any further ado, we'll go ahead and get started. Um, yes. And can I ask questions too? Um, oh yeah. You do oh, yeah. It? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Usually with even with my, you know, regular readings, I always let my clients know that, yeah, I'll be channeling a lot of information, but if you have a question or, you know, this is your reading, so I want you to get your questions answered. So right. absolutely. Yeah. Right. And you guys, um, she has an online courses and she'll be teaching how to do this in her courses that she's developing. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a preview if you go into her courses and do this in what your client sessions may be as well so oh, yeah absolutely yeah it's going to be a lot of fun um so anyway i'm going to record on my end too so let me do that okay, today is friday february 26 2021 and today i'm doing an akashic reading for von pet galt in seattle washington Only the highest vibrations of love and light can be in the space and all objects in the space for the highest 
good of Von Pet Galt and myself for this reading today. All other energies must leave now. I call in the highest level of the divine that knows that love is the power and the truth from which we read the highest level guides and angels of Long Pet Galt and myself to help us with this reading. Archangel Michael, hold this space for us. And so it is. And so we do acknowledge the forces of light asking for guidance, direction, and courage to know the truth. As it is revealed for our highest good and the highest good of everyone connected to us, O Holy Spirit of God, Help me to know Von, von Pet Galt in the light of the Akashic Records, to see Von Pet Galt through the eyes of the Lords of the Records, and enable me to share the wisdom and compassion that the Masters, teachers, and loved ones have for Von Pet Galt. Okay, the records are now open. Okay, um, so I think in the last session we established that your origination was Arcturus. Okay, um, mm -hmm. and I'm going to talk a little bit about Arcturus and why it's so significant, why it's you know this you know special star system that it is, and um, and how this influences you. Okay, um, so. Um, so you're from the same star system I'm from. Okay. Mm. Uh, so that's probably why you felt a connection with me. I don't know. So, uh, um, but anyway, uh, Arcturus, um, in, when the galaxy was being formed, so um, when Source decided that it was time for our galaxy to experience the separation from Source, this, this you know, um, splitting off into different oversoul groups and then different uh, different soul soul families. Um, when this Milky Way galaxy was being created, Milky Way was actually birthed from the Andromeda galaxy. So the Andromeda galaxy is actually the mother galaxy. And the Andromeda galaxy is not the same as Andromeda constellation. Um, there is a difference. There are two different locations. Um, Andromeda galaxy is the galaxy that's 2 million light years away. Okay. Um, mm. But anyway, when Milky Way was birthed from the Andromeda galaxy, um, there, um, when the Andromeda, when the Milky Way was being formed, there was various oversoul groups that were also being formed along with it. One of these oversoul groups was the Arcturus soul group. Okay. Um, Arcturus soul group went through a much more, it's a different consciousness and a much, and it's a different level of uh, spiritual evolution. So because we were set aside to be kind of like the overseers and the watchers of this descent into physicality, we had to become evolved re really rapidly. So Arcturians we usually tend to pick up on things very rapidly. We pick on up on things really fast. Um, 
if we become awakened, you know, it's like an onslaught of information that just kind of processes through. Um, we don't go through 20 or 30 year um, spiritual paths, okay? Uh, usually for us, it's really rapid. Um, and that's how it was like in the beginning when this galaxy was being formed. Arcturus was, was the place where um, there was um, advanced evolution in uh, the fields of technology, uh, spirituality, and, uh, and also psychology, okay? Um, Ar Arcturians, um, we tend to be a little bit more, I don't know, expansive mindedness when it comes to working um, in whatever kind of work that we do, whether it be, you know, healing or spirituality or technology, we, we have the ability to see the bigger picture, okay? Um, and I think that's because of the purpose of Arcturus. Arcturus was set aside to be a stargate. So Arcturus um, is one of the two major stargates in our galaxy. There's many stargates, okay, but we're talking about the two biggest ones here. Um, and Arcturus stargate is the stargate of souls. So um, J.J. Uh, Hertak, who wrote the book, The Keys of Enoch, talks about Arcturus is a place where they prepare souls to have a physical reality, okay? Um, so there's a lot of soul processing that occurs in between lives with the soul. And I know that Vaughn here is a, um, she's a life planner. You know, she helps people process through you know, aspects of their lives, you know, that's, and she's also a, um, your, your hypnosis, uh, you do QHHT or something similar, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, QHHT, BQH, and a lot of different other modalities. Modalities, well. yeah, so, um, so these are all psycho-spiritual level modalities, um, and Arcturians, we, we are masters at the psycho-spiritual, okay, um, uh, Syrians, on the other hand, they're masters of physical healing, Arcturians, we do the psycho-spiritual healing really well. Um, when we're processing souls, so it's kind of like uh, there's a stargate in Arcturus, and when a soul um, passes away, it, it needs to go someplace to kind of go through their life review, to mm -hmm. kind of go through, um, you know, uh, maybe assessing what they did well in that last life, what maybe they could have worked on. And they do this with the assistance of their higher beings and also with the Arcturian guides, okay? Um, now, both Vaughn and I work the Stargate. So, um, so in the work that Vaughn does, you know, she's able, you know, you, you know you're able to access um, the Akashic records um, because you had to, you know, you mm -hmm. had to be able to access that information to help these souls to process through their you know, they're in between life processing, processing. So, uh, so you, um, you worked the Stargate for a while. I think we all did. Um, all of us Arcturians, um, in Arcturus, there's no competition. Nobody's better than the other. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's like something that Arcturians pride themselves in is this, you know, no competition thing. So we all got cross-trained in the same skills. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, obviously there'll be some areas that we're better at than others. I think that's just the way um, sentient beings are. Um, Mm -hmm. It's the way we're all kind of, but but we all got trained. So we all got cross-trained in, you know, different areas. So, so no one's, no one's eager to outshine somebody else and get more responsibilities. <laughs> no, no. I think it was, um, yeah. I think it was kind of like, that was kind of frowned upon actually, you know, yeah. kind of like, yeah, we can, we, we, we really don't want to bring attention to ourselves, you know? Yeah. So, so I think, you know, Arcturians, yeah. when we get here on earth, we're kind of like, oh yeah, now I get to have some attention, you know? So now I get to shine, you know, I get to have all these experiences that I couldn't have in Arcturus um, because they're higher consciousness there. But, uh, mm. and this applies to food, to sex, to just having, you know, different human type experiences. Mm. We kind of go overboard sometimes for a while, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, we're like, oh, wow, I get to eat this tasty food and I get to have sex with different people. And, you know, and, and I think some of us bring it in after a while, but, um, but mm-hmm. I think kind of what happens is because on Arcturus, you know, Arcturians don't eat, um, they ingest kind of a light energy. I um, am a foodie. Yeah, no, me too. I love, food. I'm a foodie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love food. Um, it's like, um, I have to really watch my diet now, but I still like to make it, you know, I still make mm-hmm. food, but mm-hmm. I, I love those food it. travel shows. My favorite. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love the, <laughs> I love the food channel. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. And, and actually it's kind of interesting, you know, I've done a lot of these readings and some of my Arcturian star seeds are actually excellent chefs. They, mm-hmm. um, I have one who's written several cookbooks. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, it's kind of like, when we get an interest in something, we really pour ourselves into it, you know? Yeah, you, so, it, you eat the, you can eat the love. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. And she's, uh, yeah, she was, uh, she, she, I think she wrote several vegan cookbooks. And mm. Yeah, so she was really um, quite, quite accomplished in that area. But um, then I have others that are really good mechanics and they really are very good mechanics. Um, mm-hmm. So so it doesn't matter what we do, we'll, we'll do it really well, but, um, but, um, I kind of, I'm kind of digressing a little bit, getting back to the Stargate, um, because this is the important part. Um, you learn to do the work that you did in Arcturus. So the work that you do now in this lifetime is very similar to the work that you did when you were processing souls through the Stargate. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some souls that are so badly damaged, and this happened a lot after the Lyran Wars. Um, so we got some souls that were so badly damaged that they weren't ready for reincarnation. You know, they were, they needed a while to heal. So mm-hmm. the Arcturians created crystal healing temples all throughout their, their planets. Um, they, they did have several planets that revolved around Arcturus. Uh, these crystal healing temples um, would contain crystal healing pods that we would place the soul in and we would use frequency to help to heal them to the point where they felt like they were strong enough to have another incarnation. Okay. Um, And so this was another one of those Arcturian jobs that a lot of us was trained in. So many Arcturians, we are very excellent frequency workers. You know, we know how to work with frequency. 
Another thing that Arcturians did very well was technology. Um, it was very important for Arcturians to ramp up and upgrade their technology very rapidly because we had to be the guardians of the galaxy. I know that's a movie title, <laughs> but it, it, is, it is the best thing I can use to describe what Arcturians did. Okay, we were, and even uh, Arcturus itself, the name Arcturus comes from the Greek and it means bear guardian, so. Mm. So we're like the caretakers of the garden of, yeah, of, we're the, of the we're garden. The caretakers of the galaxy. Caretakers like of the, the garden. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're the caretakers. Yeah, we're the yeah, we definitely are. Yeah, we I get a lot of farmer we, clients. Yeah, farmer clients. Well, yeah, garden. Yeah. So um so yeah, no, that's what we did. I mean, that's mm. what we so so we when we were born in Arcturus, we already knew that we weren't gonna stay in Arcturus. You know, we already mm. knew that. Um, at some point, we're going to get kicked out of the nest and have to go help out some other star system. Okay. Um, now, and how this relates to you is um, uh, a lot of us Arcturians also went through the ambassadorial training. This is to prepare us to do work with other systems, um, to understand other cultures, other realities, um, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you, after you went through the, so the, the uh, let me back up a little bit. Um, the ambassadorial training taught um, lessons in language, counseling, psychology, mediation, and communication. Okay, so, um, so after you went through the training, you, you ended up getting your first assignment, okay. Um, now, I think with you, your assignment was not the typical star systems that most of us Arcturians were sent to. Hmm. Uh, you ended up going to Cassiopeia. So I'm seeing Cassiopeia. Hmm. And, uh, and then I see uh, Pegasus. Interesting, I don't know much about Pegasus. I'm gonna find out though, I think. Um, and then eventually Andromeda. Okay, so um, blue people, yeah, blue people, yeah, and cat people because Cassiopeians are cat people. So, uh, <laughs> so you got some cat people in there too. Uh, um, I think Cassiopeia. So this kind of happened like after the wars. Okay, so after Lyra got destroyed and all these Lyran ships and Vega ships were dispersing out into the galaxy. Um, you at that point decided I need to help these refugees. You know, what's the best way for me to help these refugees? And there was a way station that was created in the Cassiopeian system. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now Cassiopeia is a really interesting looking constellation. It looks like an upside down W or an M. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. It's kind of a zigzaggy little shape. Um, and it wasn't really a physical reality. It was more like it was created to be a holographic reality that was supposed to be only temporary. Mm. So um, the Cassiopeian beings were, um, were higher dimensional beings from the galactic center that took on cat humanoid form in order to look familiar to the Larens, you know, because 
these cat people, because, um, you know, Larens were used to being around cat people. I mean, they had cat people in Lyra. Mm. so for them the cat form was a very friendly form um would have been different if they decided oh let's look like lizards and then it would be like oh no we don't want to work with these Uh. people you know so um so so you didn't incarnate um as a cassiopeian being but you did you were there in arcturian form in a lower dimensional arcturian form assisting them in setting up this way station okay um because you knew that a lot of these Laren and Vega refugees were going to need healing. I mean, they're going to need psycho- psychological healing and also physical healing. So you ended up setting up this, helping them set up this way station and maybe even training these beings how to work with frequency to heal. And they were quite advanced. I mean, they were able to channel in these frequencies. Um, and I don't know why I'm picking this up, but some of these cat beings were incarnated um, ancient Andromeda galaxy beings that were, happened to be here in this galaxy. And because they were free, you know, masters at frequency, they wanted to be, you know, be a part of this, of supporting, you know, the, the refugees. So, um, and they took on this cat, cat-like form. Uh, it was a very stylized cat form. Um, it's kind of hard to describe, but they look almost crystalline. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, um, so that was your first assignment. Um, so then it came time for the um, that the you know the refugees. There was no longer refugees out you know wandering the galaxy. So the Cassiopeian way station got shut down. And uh, was, I think Cassiopeia maintained a, um, a a higher dimensional reality on their system, but it was no longer the way station. Okay, um, mm. so your role there ended, and you ended up um, um, doing some work on Pegasus, um, which this is my first time really delving into Pegasus, so I don't know a whole lot about it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be learning along with you. So. Okay. So I think the work that you were doing on Pegasus was helping some of the few random Laren refugees that ended up in that system to, um, to, to colonize the new system. Um, so the Pegasus people were, um, were, were descendants of Laren refugees. Um, and for the most part, they looked they maintained their Laren appearance and their Laren culture for them. Except the one change that they did make was they became much more technologically advanced. Now I am seeing that your husband and your, the husband that you currently have was also a part of this particular mission. He was not in Cassiopeia with you, but because he's more the technology person he was the perfect partner. Um, with you, I think you were doing a lot of healing work. Um, it was there was a lot of PTSD amongst these folks. So, um, mm-hmm. so your husband was helping them, you know, uh, ramp up their technology. You were helping them heal from some of the traumas that they had experienced, you know, coming from from Lyra. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I kind of talk about Lyra a lot, but it it it, it makes a big difference. 
I don't know, there's something there. Lyra is so important because a lot of the current, I think, and we talked about this in the last episode, but mm. a lot of the um, lessons that we currently go through over and over again originated from our traumas in Lyra. And so when you were saying that sometimes you work with clients and they break down and cry like a baby, even though they're a man, um, when mm-hmm. they see Lyra, um, that's yeah. how it's like, you know, it's like, it's so, it, it's so traumatizing that just to relive it will bring even the strongest person down to their, to, to, you know, their knees and cry, you know, mm-hmm. but so because they experienced all this trauma, you had a lot of healing work to do. Okay. So that's what you were doing in Pegasus. Um, and mm. yeah, I don't know much about the Pegasus okay. people. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, but um, but there was, I guess, a, a colon, colony there, and um, it's a small colony. It was a small colony. Yeah, yeah that sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, a small colony. I'm not, yeah, and I went into the bustling city. <laughs> yeah, no, you never. Yeah, I don't see where you had. You kind of picked the smaller places because yeah. I don't see where you you didn't have much dealings with Sirius, which was really bustling, and and you know. Pleiades was definitely bustling. Holy cow, that was mm. a lot going on in the Pleiades. Um, and Orion, there was a lot going on there. Um, I, do I didn't have I didn't have those I didn't have those uh, those assignments. No, those assignments. Um, I, so so did I typically did I pick um, assignments that would be more kind of like quirky. the the mellow fishing town on the yeah like the little place kind of like yeah, yeah okay yeah that, right. yeah it was kind of like um, the kind of the outlier kind of out of the way kind of places that yeah pretty um, out of the way <laughs> yeah and see i was the opposite i was in the midst of lyra i was in the pleiades i was in sirius i was in orion so so i took on like you know the bustling big you know a lot of stuff was happening kind of places so mm. um so no you pick kind of the little quirky out of the way little 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 hubs you know so um yeah, uh, which I think that's just your style. I think yeah. that's yeah, it's, it's it's your style. Um, and uh, um, so you ended up, I think, um, after Pegasus, you were like, okay, what's the next assignment? And so there was Andromeda, and Andromeda is a bigger star system, but it's so remote. It's like two thousand light years from Lyra, okay, and mm. probably at least that far from Arcturus. So you thought, okay, this is remote enough. I, you know, I think I can handle Andromeda, you know. Um, and you spent a lot of lifetimes in Andromeda. And initially you were there at, in your Arcturian form. But then I think after a while, you started incarnating in Andromedan form. So this mm. is also common for Arcturian star seeks that a lot of times you'll see overlays of other star systems in our auric field. So we might have that core Arcturian aura, but you'll see overlays of Andromeda or of some other star systems. So yeah, I had an interesting, um, I had an interesting lucid dream that was very, very again another another surreal lucid dream where I was yeah. in this huge um, starship, and mm-hmm. my husband is like this really good-looking blue being, There's and no I was Andromedan. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's funny when you say that, and I was telling him. Because I have recall of my current lifetime with my husband yeah. now. And I said, oh, Evan's not going to like this. And he's like, who? 
remember we're married we love each other i'm like oh yes 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 okay gotta anchor into this one yeah <laughs> so, gotcha okay so that's that's interesting that you say that because i think um i think in another parallel lifetime i am in one of those drama and lifetimes having remembrance of my parallel self in this lifetime oh that's really cool so there's some bleed through yeah, no, there's, that happens a lot, actually. Um, I, I often talk about walk-in experiences or, um, or souls that do per, um, temporary walk-in where they will go into an alternate timeline mm. and temporarily experience something within the soul of sharing the body of a soul of another being. And then, and then they'll step out, you know, once the crisis is passed, you know, mm. sort of thing. And a lot of times we do remember, you know, when we're in that state that, oh yeah, I have another lifetime in the third dimension, third dimensional earth, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's yeah. like, oh, I, sometimes I remember even thinking like, oh, I'm in this kind of walk-in experience, but you know what? I need to get back to my, I need to get other back life. to my 3D life, my other yeah. life. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting you brought that up because that is um, really you know, the case a lot of times, but yeah, that's um, what I said in the last um, interview that yeah. is personal Mandela effects or parallel reality awareness, mm-hmm. um, a curriculum for oh, yeah. ancient souls, because I, I, I get it myself. And I also get a lot of, a lot of clients who have these oh, yeah, yeah, experiences yeah. where they're like, Oh, I was having this reality and now oh I got to go back to my other reality so I got to refocus myself oh yeah yeah I gotta I gotta shift gears here and mm. um and sometimes you're not even in the same body form in the other reality that you're in mm. you might have you might be in a male form or you might be in I don't know I I, I don't know I, I had some interesting sometimes you might be an African slave or even a different race or, or something you know so it's it's really interesting. And then it's like, oh, oh, I got to go back to that life where I was this person. Um, so, um, right. yeah, so, so the, yeah, the Andromeda, and you had a lot of lifetimes in Andromeda. Okay. Um, and uh, I think your husband, who is currently your husband, I think you two both originated from Arcturus, but sometimes you do some missions together and sometimes you do some missions apart. Mm-hmm. So when you were doing, um, I think when you were on Cassiopeia, your husband was in uh, Cygnus, which is a um, another one of those way stations, but it was closer to Lyra. Mm. Um, and I think there was more technical needs in Cygnus, so that's why he was there. And there was more, I think, um, energetic needs in Cassiopeia, which is why you were there. Okay, um, and then you two met up again in Andromeda. Okay. Um, and, uh, I'm seeing that your husband in that that's in this life. That's also in the previous lives. Um, he got involved with the Andromedan branch of the galactic federation. Okay. So when you were saying that you saw him as this tall blue being on board a ship, he was, he was probably a commander or, you know, somebody that was in higher command. Okay. Um, and, uh, and he probably didn't look much like he looks now where, um, I don't know what he looks like, but, um, in Andromeda, he was very tall and had blue skin. Yeah. Like, um, Prometheus. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very, very tall. They have very lanky body parts, like their arms and legs are really lanky. Their, their heads are slightly bigger, um, not much, but a little bit. Um, and they, they otherwise have a human look to them. Mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm, yeah. yeah, they look quite, yeah, they look like human, but. Or um, another way to, to see it is in Hindu um, artwork. Mm hmm like Vishnu and oh yeah yeah they're, they're all blue they're all blue. yeah they're blue. all like very tall very muscular giants but blue. um blue blue yeah um so that's Andromedans that also describes Vega so that describes yeah. beings from Vega which makes me wonder was the ancient ancient blue humans in um hindu artwork and buddhism oh, absolutely are they from andromeda oh, anywhere? oh they're they're from they, vega i think from vega? Okay. vega yeah yeah so there, there is there, a possible connection added, there uh, yeah there's definitely connection there um the vedic um you know the old vedic texts you know like the Bhagavad Gita and mm -hmm. others they talk about these blue beings that came out of these massive vimanas that would visit earth and mm -hmm. And they were magnificent, they were tall and magnificent looking beings. And they had all this, this advanced technology, but the ancient peoples of earth thought, oh, they must be gods, you know, because they have all these abilities. Um, right, right, right. So they were talking about Vega beings. So it was- mm, That's interesting. Yeah, and a lot of Asians have blue hue on their bum when they're born. Mm -hmm. uh, what does Akasha record say anything about that is there a connection there you mean as far as babies or babies uh, you know like a lot of Asian babies will born with a little bit oh, of that's blue the, that's the influence from Andromeda oh is Andromeda, it Andromeda mm. has a lot of influence in Southeast Asia mm -hmm. culture and in their genetics so that's why you see in Southeast Asia you see a lot of like an undertone of blue I think mm -hmm. certain mm -hmm. Asians um yeah, because their genetics originated from Andromeda, so um, so there's definitely a connection there. Yeah, it's very very common. A lot of the babies on their on their bum area, mm -hmm. it will be kind of like a blue hue, but mm -hmm. it eventually goes away. But for the most part, a blue hue is very common, oh, kind of like a, a blue under undertone. Yeah, I would say that's the Andromedan influence. It's mm -hmm. like I think a lot of these babies when they come in, they're coming from higher dimensional realms and. And they're carrying some of the energy from the higher dimensional realms. And then once they get kind of settled into the 3D realm, it kind of fades away, kind of like mm. you were saying. But, um, but yeah, that's the Andromedan influence. Um, and with the Vedic text, that's kind of the Vega influence. They were also tall blue humans. Um, mm. So um, uh, so Ayurvedic medicine, um, probably Vedic astrology, um, a lot of the Vedic modalities originated from Vega and Sirius. Okay. Um, mm, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so getting back to your story, you had many lifetimes in Andromeda. I do think you were always predominantly on a healer path. Okay. I think that's always been um, I think you're very good with technology. I think you worked with technology quite a bit, but I do see you being predominantly on a healer teacher path, okay? Mm -hmm. um, which is what you're doing here on earth today. So mm -hmm. I didn't really make a career change. It doesn't sound like I made a career change at all. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, I don't think most of us do really. I mean, I, 
Yeah, I think most of us kind of do what we, we've always done because we know we're that, and it's kind of like, well, we got trained in this. I know what I'm doing. And I do get some souls like it. that yeah. change out. I do get some, a few souls that are really like parallel souls or they're, um, or they're just really versatile souls or explorer mm. souls that just do mm. really different things. But, um, but no, you kind of have always done the same thing, you know, in a lot of your past lives, um, even off planet. Um, mm. Now you did get involved with some massive frequency projects in the Andromeda system where there were certain large crystals that were being used to amplify certain frequencies. And so that's where some of the technical abilities come in. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but you were, um, so you, so I do think you're very good with technology, but I think it's a kind of a secondary thing for you. So you don't really, it's not something that you're going to go out there and seek to do. Like, unlike your husband who is like, oh yeah, I, 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 you know, I love this technical stuff, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, debugging so. is is torture for me <laughs> I don't, What's that? That's what, um, I, I i i thought about doing computer programming but then debugging mm -hmm. um i didn't like that part so i said no <laughs> yeah no I, I worked in the it field for a few years and um i mean it was okay but after a while i was kind of like oh you know it's i don't know it's like this is not my path you know i don't know it's mm -hmm. like and um, I do get some Arcturian starseeds who are, who love technology and they, they love to work with it and they have the patience, you know, mm -hmm. I think it takes a lot of patience to work in technologies because there's a lot of things that can go wrong and mm -hmm. you're constantly having to fix, you know, uh, or debug or fix things and they have the patience to do it. I just don't have the patience. Doesn't sound like you do either. So yeah, well, I have the patience, but I just kind of get um, it becomes tedious. Yeah, tedious. Yeah, kind of tedious. I'm like, eh, I need some variety. Yeah, absolutely. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah, no. What does it say about um? What does the does it the my Kashuk records say anything else about um the future timeline? Oh yeah, let's look at that. Um. Um, because you, you had said in the last episode that, um, there was some time travel technology yeah, coming think, in. Oh, I think that might've been some of the technologies you were working with in Andromeda was hmm. time travel technology. Um, so I think that's what the crystals were being used for was to power this, these devices that would, would and, and, and enable people to kind of teleport forward and backwards in time. Okay. And I think the way they did it is they transcended the time space continuum. So they, you know, so I think uh, um, Einstein uh, talks about the time space continuum and that time is relative. Mm -hmm. So I think the way you guys were able to transcend, um, you know, this linear time limitation was through going into the higher dimension. So in the high, the higher dimensional you go, the less, the less separation in time there is. So then you're able to do this quantum leap, you know, this quantum jump, you know, between, you know, so you're, it's almost like navigating this certain point in time 
and just making a jump to it rather than having to go the linear fashion, which would take a long time. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, you know, kind of using um, frequency to do these, lin- you know, these kind of quantum jumps. Yes. Right, right. So just changing the frequency, changing the address. We just change yeah, the address. Yeah, kind of changing the address. Yeah. Yeah. So and like you're, change you're punching it. in an address, like, okay, I want to be at this particular time in this, this area, you know, and this, you know, maybe you put in like a, I don't know, a latitude or longitude. Yeah. And, yeah. Latitude, and, longitude, dimension, time, time, all these different factors the, and the location. Yeah. You and know, then, you know, the, you know, the event that you're trying to attend, because you mentioned, you know, musical festivals. Which... Right, right. So there's all these different factors for the experience that you want next, you punch that in, and then it just changes the reality around you to match that frequency. And then you are there. Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, do you hear so, that people? <laughs> yes, yeah, see, yeah. So, uh, so I do think time travel is definitely possible. And I do think that this is interesting because I recently did a reading for a client who was from the future and she mm-hmm. never had any past lives. And, uh, and it was funny cause she kind of, she was from future earth, but then her future life after earth was in Andromeda. Mm. So it's kind of like they almost created this time travel reality or this time travel capabilities in Andromeda. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think, you and your husband um, were both tasked as far as your mission here on earth to um, when the timing was right to bring these technologies to planet earth so that um, and you did mention like some of your clients would sometimes like you know in your some some of your more lucid dreams you know some of your um, time travel clients would want to make changes along the way and and it's kind of like maybe making changes isn't such a bad thing, you know, I mean, but you don't want to make too many changes because then you totally disrupt the whole, you know, flow of time, you know, so, um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting because I do think, um, when you created this technology, it was actually in, um, the past, um, Andromeda. Okay. So Mm. it was Andromeda in the past, but, but you almost had to go, um, I don't know, forward in time in order to be, um, to, to, to get to earth where earth was in its ancient times, which is kind of weird, but, um, and to go forward in time to go back to the ancient time times. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm. kind of weird. I don't know what I don't know what I just said. Um, you go forward in time, time in order to go back to. So you must have been in Andromeda future, or or maybe, um, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Or maybe it's just a different dimension. But now I'm getting myself confused. But, <laughs> uh, it happens a lot when I it, do these readings. It depends yeah. on where the cross section of the, the sphere, is. the cross yeah. section is. So, Sometimes yes. the past. Meet yeah, up with so the, there's, the yeah. present. So, um, so it was kind of, um, so even though, so, so I think it seems like, I think you came from Andromeda past, but because Andromeda was so forward in their, their, um, 
their technology, it seemed like you were coming from the future, but you were actually coming from the past. But mm. so when you came to earth, it seemed like earth was a lot more primitive because it was, but um, so you almost couldn't even work with the technologies. You had to kind of work initially on expanding consciousness in each of the earth lives that you've had before to get earth to the point where you can implement this technology. Yeah. Sense? yeah. Yeah. This sounds like me. I typically, um, I typically would take technology and um, make it, make it fun. Yeah. Like, make oh, it fun. Let's, make, let's make it, let's make it a game, make it fun um, so that we can in, have fun within samsara, within creation. This oh, not yeah, take absolutely. it so seriously. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. I don't take it seriously. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll start over again. Yeah. Or we'll just change this. Yeah, so we'll just do a little just adjustment here and there and it'll be, it'll be, it'll all work out. Yeah. So yeah, um, that sounds like me. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so prior lifetimes that you've had on earth, um, you didn't have many, I think, um, I think your husband might've had a few more than you did. Um, he's a little bit more earthy or earthbound. I think he's had incarnations in Sirius and in um, Orion. So he has, I think, a more practical approach to things than mm -hmm. you do. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And uh, um, so I think the first incarnation was Lemuria, you know, it was mm -hmm. in Lemuria. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm a Lemurian soul too. Um, Lemuria was actually founded by Andromedans and Arcturians. So it makes sense that they're highly spiritual. Yeah. yeah, highly spiritual. Yeah. So yeah. it would make sense that, you know, a lot of Andromedan and Arcturian starseeds would choose to incarnate, you know, they have their first incarnation in Lemuria. Mm. And uh, you, you mentioned the race of people in the last session about, I think it was the fifth race of the root race. Um, right. The, the fifth spiritual root race. Yeah. In, and, in Buddhism. Uh, and I think uh, those were the Lemurians, you know, those mm -hmm. were the ancient Lemurians. Um, and, uh, and Lemuria was a fifth dimensional reality. So it did embody Christ consciousness, you know, so mm -hmm. it embodied the aspects of, of, you know, Christ consciousness as we understand it today. But, mm -hmm. um, but I think, um, the Lemurians, I don't know, they, it's kind of like, they were kind of like similar to the Lyrans in that mm -hmm. they, they kind of had blinders on, they just kind of looked at, um, they didn't have an awareness of the world outside of themselves. So they kind of lived in this beautiful bubble. And then when Atlantis, Atlanteans started attacking them, they didn't know what to do, you know, and that's kind of what the Lyrans went through as well. So you see repeats of history over and over again. Mm -hmm. um, and then they got wiped out and destroyed. Um, and uh, for you, though, um, I do think um, you you did frequency work also in Lemuria, but I think you were also a teacher and you were trying to teach not only, you know, spiritual um, abilities or concepts, but you were also teaching about history. Mm. And you were trying to warn the Lemurians to not be so close-minded on, 
you know, just focusing on love and light, love and light all the time, you know, that mm -hmm. uh, they had to learn to integrate, you know, some dark aspects, which the Lemurians yeah. didn't do really well. So um, yeah. now some of your, I think, dream travels that you do were concepts that were being readily used in Lemuria. So in Lemuria, um, dream time and dream travel was very common. Um, and, uh, and these were concepts that were brought, I think, by the Lemurians, I think, taught to the um, our Aborigines. And I kind of mm -hmm. think the Aborigines may have been descendants of ancient Lemurians, you know, I, I really yeah. Yeah, no, no, yeah, Buddhist and, folklore. Yeah, the, yeah, the folklore. points that as well. Yeah, exactly. So, so a lot of their work in dream time mirrors, you know, the work that the Lemurians did with dream time, and mm -hmm. that's what you're doing as well. Okay, yeah, so you're trying to implement that kind of, and I see you almost taking that concept right now. You're kind of playing around with it with yourself, but mm -hmm. I see you helping people be able to fix um, old traumatic um, like uh, DNA markers, like ancient, you know, DNA signatures that are traumatic uh, through mm. dream time. Mm. So I, I do see you incorporating that into your work if you haven't already, but, um, but I do see that. I, and I don't know, maybe you'll write a book about it or I, it sounds like you've written a few books already. So um mm. You're working on some really cool ones right now but uh um yeah that was that was a very impactful life for you on earth um a lot of the lifetimes you had were mostly more in the east eastern areas of the of the planet so i don't like asia you asia. mean the eastern okay mostly asia yeah, yeah east like because yeah. there's a lot of good food there <laughs> Oh yeah, no kidding. No, I love Asian food. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of good food and a lot of good, um, you know, silk and clothes. Oh yeah, no, I mean, they were super I mean, creative people. I tell you what, and they were advanced. Yeah. I mean, wow. I always say that Southeast Asia was heavily influenced by Andromeda, and you see it especially in the clothing. Because whenever I look at Andromedan clothing and I look at Southeast Asia clothes, I see a lot of parallels. I see like. Yeah you know, like, wow, you know, they look like, and South, and some of the Andromedans almost looked Asian, you know, um, they, you know, so I think that those genetics, you know, are prevalent in Southeast Asia, but, um, eclectic, eclectic, is it a kind of eclectic, exotic style, yeah, exotic, very exotic, yeah, and that's what I see in Andromeda, the Andromedans used to like to wear elaborate headdresses, Oh my goodness, my 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 flowers here they get bigger and bigger. Here. Yeah, you got your flowers. <laughs> my yeah. daughter keeps trying to get me to bear bigger and bigger stuff because she wants me to look like the moon princess. <laughs> oh, how cute. Oh, wow. I don't know. Your daughter sounds like she's just precious. She's just a precious soul, but thank you. Yeah, but anyway, um, um, but yeah, the Andromedans wore very kind of elaborate clothing with a lot of embroidery. And those were styles that actually originated from Lyra, because there was a lot of Lyran refugees that ended up in, in, um, in Andromeda. So, um, so, so you see kind of this carryover of even clothing styles that were brought to us from extraterrestrial races, and hmm. maybe even you know some of some of the 
and they, they're kind of very creative in um, Asia with spices and with, you know, different. Yeah, yeah. Combining different flavors and things that you don't see like in Europe as much. So yeah, like, um, like the Viman the Vimanas. Yeah. And the really, really ancient um, Vedic Hindu temples. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the ancient temples in Southeast Asia are originally Hindu temples because they all mm-hmm. have the Lankas and, and other characteristics of um, mm-hmm. like the blue being Vishnu and, and Brahman and so forth. Yeah. Gotcha. But, you know, as they as they adapted to Buddhism mm-hmm. from um they kind of adapted the temples to add Buddhism into it as well. But the style is very much the same. If you look at the Vimanas and you look at the the ancient um, Vedic Hindu architecture and style Mm -hmm. from like the older artwork and text with the blue beings, Mm -hmm. um, it kind of carries throughout Southeast Asia. They, they, They are very much the same patterning. Oh yeah, so no, I, I really wonder if um, what the Andromeda culture really looks like. If because if this is a microcosm, what does the macrocosm look like? Oh, it's 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 phenomenal. It's, it's phenomenal. And yeah, and, and I mean, when I see Andromeda in the records, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like the like, creativity is off the charts. Yeah, it's like uh, you know, it's off the charts. And Andromedans, um, they had floating cities in the sky. They they didn't have much gravity on their planets, so that's why they got became very tall and lanky. But do the floating cities look like temples? Oh yeah, yeah. They should the floating do. cities are the temples, and then the um, supposedly um, the, the the gods and goddesses of the people that live in those floating cities do they look a lot like those um, Southeast Asian theater? Oh art? yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know that artwork is synonymous in Southeast Asia all through. Buddhist temples in Southeast Asia, they have the flying floating cities with these very elaborate, beautiful beings. Oh, yeah. That are decked out to the nines. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Alex Collier, I mean, I, I kind of follow him because I think he's the most accurate um, uh, Andromeda and ET contactee, and he talks a lot about Andromeda. But he talks about how the women of Andromeda were considered to be the most beautiful of the galaxy because they they had this really otherworldly look about them mm. and and they they usually had they were they were very kind of lanky they had long beautiful hair and they wore beautiful clothing and and then some of them were quite voluptuous but um, in the right areas they were kind of lean but they had curves in the right areas mm. but. Um, mm. but but they talked a lot about the women of Andromeda and that even though they were really beautiful, they were very um, strong will. I mean, they, yeah. they, mm-hmm. they didn't put up a no shit. I mean, they were- That's just, me. No, that's you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's totally me. You. Yeah, there's like, there's no uh, there's yeah. anything. Um, yeah. So, I had an interview about saying no to Metatron and he had oh, a yeah. shit. And I said, I don't care. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. They it took a little bit of kitty gloves and tender love to kind of get me to go. Okay, I'll help a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and ramen and women are like that. They're very, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, they're very much attached to their free will and freedom. So mm, yeah. Um, so when when they come, and in, the, they, like the queen in the chessboard. Oh yeah, they're like the queen in the chessboard. Yeah, they yeah. they they just they do what they want to do. Yeah, and. Uh, 
and they follow the path, you know, the beat of their own drummer, usually, you know, this is kind of their, you know, the, um, the personality. So a lot of my Andromedan star seeds usually have a hard time, you know, hooking up with relationships here on earth, because most of the men here aren't as evolved, you know, and they're not, <laughs> not going to put up with these, you know, Neanderthals, you know, they're, they're just not going to do it, you know. They have to find their own star seed, right? Yeah, they had to find another star seed. Yeah, they had and, to find another star seed. Mm. Yeah, so you got to find another star seed or somebody that's at least on on the spiritual path, you know. So, uh, but it sounds like you yeah. you you always had, you had an co- ongoing contract with your husband, so it was like so he was, was going to be a matter of time before we found each other. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, it was a matter of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, that makes sense because, um, like, like my previous relationships, it it the, the thing was. I always had a very, when I was dating prior to my husband, I always had a very easy time dating and I had wonderful, nice people to date. Very, very nice, nice, nice men. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, not really many complaints, very, very nice relationships, but their consciousness level and their acumen, the spiritual acumen and their understanding of reality. It's like, so when I go light years away, they're like, stay here i'm like no we gotta go there and so it 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 is like we're talking completely different wavelengths and so oh um, yeah absolutely you know you don't want to be with somebody who you feel like you're in a phd program and they're still trying to figure out how to walk you kind of go okay yeah we gotta move on there's just no yeah that's that's what uh it's called being unequally yoked but yeah 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 that's another term for it yeah 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 so i get um, that yeah, so so and I think Andromeda and women just just don't have the patience for it. You know, they just can't. They, they, they're. I mean, the Pleiadian women will sit there and usually like, okay, I see potential in him. Maybe I should invest my time in him. And oh no, and and Andromeda women are going, oh hell no. It's like uh. it, take it as it is, as yeah. is merchandise. Yeah, yeah, it's either, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, so it's kind of like, yeah, you got you you, you know, you're going to have to either step it up or. Or you, you got to walk. You got to walk. Cause I yeah, can... it's like when you're going shopping at the mall, you yeah. have different options. You have the as is merchandise yeah. of all the, the things that come with it. And there's some good stuff there. If you're okay with it, then you take it. Otherwise you move on to the next one that actually fits the bill of what you want. You're like, yeah, exactly. okay, yeah. you know, work with that one. I get yeah, that. So I think in a way, you know, I really admire Andromeda women, how they are like in relationships because they really value themselves. And in, in Andromeda, they they really held a lot of value. You know, the men in Andromeda really valued the women so much that they were, uh, there was a lot of Andromeda women that held high positions. There was a lot of them that, you know. But the, they, but the men, did, they didn't feel like uh, they were kowtowing or no, stepping down. If they were equal to the women. No, they're equal. No, oh, they, okay. I mean, they weren't like, you know, oh, I'm subservient to the women. It mm-hmm. wasn't like that. It's not like they human men strong, but yeah. they were strong men, but they, they, they respected the women, you know, and that's, mm. that's what we like to see here on earth, which we don't see yet here on earth, obviously, but well, it'll come, it will come, it will come. Yeah. But yeah. you know, um, that's the very 3d men is very 3d men, very yeah. 3d men. There you go. There's your definition. Yeah. 5d men is where it's at. Yeah. 5d <laughs> men. Yeah. That's what we're working on. Yeah. <laughs> the men um integrated to the 5d and then they become like they, they're well integrated masculine and feminine energies oh wow that makes a sexy man you know what i'm saying it's like 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. men are sexier when they are not afraid to express their more feminine aspects of themselves. I think it makes them more endearing or I don't know. I, I just yeah, multidimensional. They have, they're multifaceted. They, yeah, exactly. Multifaceted. Yeah, not yeah. so, not so rigid. Not so not easily. So, yeah. Not so stuck in, oh, I gotta, be, I'm a man. I gotta do this or, you know. Yeah. 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 Or, yeah. So yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, uh, so you had your Lemuria life and we talked about Andromeda and, uh, like I see, I see mostly Southeast Asian um, incarnations, um, and some of them you were in. Sometimes you were you would be in a male gender. Sometimes you were female gender. Mm. So you weren't always um, female. Okay. Um, what was I, think, I like I, as a male? I think you were the same. I think you. Oh had yeah. <laughs> okay. I think. Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I had some male incarnations and I, I think for the most part, I had the same personality, but mm. maybe in a more masculine form, but, um, but yeah, I think you were like yourself, but I think you, um, you know, you had to be male in order to accomplish certain things in your incarnations because you couldn't do it as female in certain right. cultures, especially right. in Asian cultures. Um, right during certain period, you know, historical periods. So, um, but yeah, uh, let's see, you're from Laos. I see um, a Thailand incarnation, Tibet, India, um, mm-hmm. Japan. I, I, I see quite a bit in more the, the Asia corridor. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not so much European, although I do see an Egyptian life for you. I mm-hmm. think you did have an Egyptian incarnation. I think all of us had Egyptian incarnation. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you're going to pick and choose between different um, phases in Earth's um, timeline, yeah. you know, you kind of go, oh, okay. Some people only get certain options. Other people are able to get bigger options because they're ready for bigger options. So I think a lot of that's genetically... Um, genetic as well because it it is because andromedan genetics are not widespread um oh why is that because they only they didn't get that involved with the earth um genome project Um, the races that got most involved was the syrians and the pleiadians so you see a lot of syrian and pleiadian genetics on earth you don't see so much andromedan or arcturian so that's why with a lot of our, and you're both Arcturian and Andromedan. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so for us Andromedans and Arcturians, we kind of had to pick and choose like, okay, we had to cherry pick, like, okay, what family can I incarnate into? Cause, and they're all going to be in the sub-Asian continent. Yeah. Or, or, you know, uh. Uh, Arcturians, we had a little bit more choices in Europe, but even then it was very selective. Um, mm. So, but Interesting. for, for you, it was kind of like, oh, you know, I, I have to really pick and choose. And we had to pick families that had physical genetics that, that came from some physical genetics that came from Arcturus or Andromeda. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because uh, I always talk about this. Um, Our soul has a DNA and it needs to have a physical DNA match with the physical body. So so that's why sometimes we would choose like not so great. You were talking about the parent lottery in the last. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really cute. I like that. I have to remember that. Um, 
Um, so I think sometimes we have kind of like, well, I don't have much of a choice. I guess I'm gonna have to pick this family, even though the make the best are, of it. Yeah, uh-huh. best, yeah, yeah, yeah. The parents That's... aren't going to be that great, you know, but. Um, but, it could be know, worse. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll figure it out along the way, you know. So, um, and then you get to star seeds. I say, "What? Why did I pick this? This is so horrible," you know. And then, and then, and then we like, "Okay, you you cho- you picked it. You 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 know, you gotta you gotta stand by your choices," you know. So, um, so yeah. So you had um, some interesting lifetimes. I do see. Um, yeah, there were some really interesting ones. Uh, like sometimes you were uh, a Buddhist monk. Some you were running an ashram in India. <laughs> sometimes you were like a uh, what do they call it a yogi in India, where you didn't have anything. You were just kind of wandering the streets, being a spiritualist. But um, okay. yeah, and then you had um, some incarnations where you were a Tibetan monk in the heights of the Himalayas. And then I, I also see some incarnations um, where you did very secular work. Um, like, uh, I don't know, I, 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 you're kind of like an overlord in, um, I think it was China or Japan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a, feeder, were, a feeder lord. A feudal lord, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I call it an overlord, but yeah, same thing as a feudal lord. Um, and it was very secular life. I mean, you. Um, I think you had a spiritual understanding in that life. I think you know you you followed your religion, you know, to the best of your ability. But you were kind of sometimes harsh in that life because you know you had to keep people in line. You know, I mean, it was kind of like. Um, and, and I think the purpose of that lifetime was maybe for you to understand um, what a secular human life was like, you know, what it was, mm-hmm. you know, it was maybe having a greater understanding of the human condition. That Yeah, yeah. I, I've, had past, I've had past life regression on myself, and I saw that lifetime where my husband and I were um, Asian feudal lords, and our employees were farm farmhands. Yeah, yeah. But um and for the most, we were good to them in in the, in that life. However, sometimes they get out of hand, and they and to prevent them from getting hurt or getting in worse trouble, we kind of mm-hmm. had to be kind of um, harsh. Yeah, harsh. Be like, no, you no. can't go there because it's as hard as it sounds. Um, it will cause even worse damage. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I see yeah, that. And I think it's also kind of to understand, you know, the perspective from somebody that's wealthier, you know, and the struggles that they go through and, you know, decisions that they have to make sometimes that, you know, maybe they don't necessarily want to make, but they feel like they have to, you know, so, mm-hmm. so it's just looking from different perspectives, you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad that life resonates because yeah, I do see that. Um, that was something that came through in the records. Um, Trying to see if there's anything else on Earth um, more recent. Um, hmm. How about future Earth? Yeah, let's talk about future Earth. Let's go future uh, Earth or yeah, parallel future Earth. Parallel future Earth. Um, yeah. So that life, uh, I think you and your husband are choosing to stay on Earth for a couple of more lifetimes. 
Mm. Saying five D Earth. Five D Earth, yeah. Because I think, okay. um, I think because of the type of project that you want to implement, which I mentioned earlier, which was this time travel, time travel parallel reality, reality yeah, tourism uh, industry, <laughs> industry. You 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 almost have to do it in future Earth because you can't do it. In, I mean, it's just you know, we're, Earth people in this timeline aren't re- ready for that yet. But oh yeah, um, they'll, they'll have a heart attack. It'll be, um, they, they have to do a lot more evolution, a lot more, I don't know, a lot of things before they get to that level, but uh, to the point where they can be a little bit more responsible with it. I don't think right, right now they'll right. be responsible, but, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that one yeah. is, um, I'm, I'm thinking there's a lifetime that's 500 uh, years from now, and then there's another lifetime that's three thousand years from now. Okay, um, what what are those like? Um, the five hundred years from now is um, that one is you're starting to see humans um, evolve physically um, as well. Mm-hmm. So they're starting to become more crystalline in form. Um, they're hmm. starting to have genetics that are integrated with more integrated with alien genetics or e- extraterrestrial genetics. So, so just kind of like mixed people of today, they become mixed galactic mixed, people. Mixed yeah. galactic people. Yeah. Right. So, okay. More co- multicultural. Mul- martial, very multicultural. Multi- multicultural, multiracial, multi multigalactic. Yeah. Multigalactic. Yeah. We just keep on. Yeah. We just yeah. keep on expanding. Yeah, our they concepts. keep expanding. Yeah. We keep expanding so, our concepts. All right. So, so you're going to see integration of Earth genetics with um, different groups like Alpha Centauri and mm. um, and Great Alien and some and other, other um, genetic groups. And, uh, and they're going to look a little bit more alien-esque than they look now. Um, mm. They'll still have a human appearance, but maybe the eyes will be slightly bigger or they're, they have pointier chins or more prominent cheekbones or- Okay, interesting. You know, more, more alien, more, more alien looking. Um, right. Well, if, if you look at a Neanderthal and you tell them that they're going to start looking like us, mm-hmm. it's part, we're part alien to a Neanderthal. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're going to, yeah. You compare, you know, a uh, Cro-Magnon man with, you know, Homo sapiens. It's like almost two, you know, very different. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, I don't want to look like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's kind of weird, but, mm. but I you, see it. you're going to see that on earth where earth is going to really become part of the galactic community. And, uh, and, you know, having alien visitors or ET visitors to earth is going to be really commonplace. And mm-hmm. you're even going to see, um, you know, these beings, um, uh, you know, it's going to get to the point where people are going to be proud to say they're from Earth. It's going to be like nowadays, you know, people are like, oh, I'm not from Earth. I'm from Pleiades. I'm so proud to be Pleiades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know how the star seeds do that? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But but um, 500 years from now, it's going to, Earth is going to be like the place to be from. It's going to be like, you know, wow, you're from Earth. That's so cool, you know. Um, yeah. It's going to be really, really cool. So, um, yeah. And uh, what I see there, and the, and the Arcturians showed me this too, but um, they're going to have homes that are integrated into the environment. It's going to be like, you don't even realize you're 
you know, you're not gonna even see the home, you know, it's gonna mm. look like, like you're in a, in a forest and then you're gonna see this, this structure and it's gonna be like, oh, this is a house. And, uh, mm-hmm. but it's so well integrated into the environment that it's, it's not gonna disrupt the environment or anything like that. Um, yeah. All these homes are gonna obviously have free energy um, powered by free energy devices. They're going to have, people are going to be able to grow their own food. Um, there'll be so a people lot become more self-responsible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, that's the only self- way of government that's really going to work for most of, most of humanity is self-governments. Oh yeah, exactly. No, I mean, yeah. my, my husband are big, big believers of self-government. Yeah. Just self-police control and take responsibility and accountability in your, for yourself. But it has to be everybody that does that. Everybody does that. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see that. Uh, um, teleportation will be very common. There won't be roadways or you know trains or airplanes anymore. Um, um, there will be some recreational ve- vehicles because I think a lot of us still think it's fun to kind of tool around. And yeah, you want to take the cruise every once in a while and kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you're going to have the to destination. Have some fun. Yeah, yeah. So you have to have some fun with that. But yeah. most people are going to love the teleportation because if they want to visit family and the other side of the country, they can mm-hmm. just be there I am you know so um or if I want to go to Costa Rica and be on the beach boom you know there I go you know so um so yeah so it's going to be um uh just so much more advanced yeah Um, what about 3,000 years from now you said that you saw another one where yeah another one another incarnation now um that one um is going to be um earth is going to look a lot like um andromeda at that point um oh really we go back to yeah. that we go back to that style <laughs> yeah we're going back to the andromeda style but <laughs> the 80s are really, back again <laughs> yeah, the 80s are back yeah so um so andromeda so i'm seeing more the floating cities in the sky more um very kind of more jetsons looking um uh but it's almost going to be like you're not even going to be able to see the technology because it's going to be so integrated into everything. Um, yeah. So it's going to be aspects of AI, but it's going to be responsible AI, not you know, dark, not Terminator, <laughs> Terminator level. But yeah, um, it's a conscious AI, conscious AI, and I think humans are going to evolve even more. You know, oh really? So, yeah, they're going to evolve. Um, to looking more like um, maybe like very uh, like, like more Arcturian looking, um, and maybe there's going to be some features that Earth humans have now that they won't have then. Um, like what? Um, like th- maybe they won't have hair anymore because they won't need to have hair. Or they oh, have- yeah. Well, that's gonna be different. Yeah, they'll be really different. Ooh. Yeah, they like the hair pieces though. Yeah, I do like, I know. I, I like it's, it's a part of the look. Yeah, no, it's part of the, part of the look. Yeah. What are you going to do um, sticking on my forehead? I know. You just have to stick it on your head. It has to be taped. <laughs> taped my forehead. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I, I, do, I just, I see more of a streamlined looking humanoid form, but. Kind of androgynous? Looks, Would they look like androgynous or? Yeah, a little bit more androgynous, a little bit more, um, 
streamlined like Arcturians mm -hmm. look. Um, okay. Arcturians look very androgynous. Um, Mm. We, we you can't tell who's male or female that's artists. like buddhist artwork i study buddhist art history and artwork yeah. and vedic art history artwork and um a lot of the buddhist artwork of their master teachers are very androgynous you can't tell if it's a man or a woman well that's how it's going to become we're going to become much more androgynous in the future mm. Um, mm. so get over your be... issues with transgender or yeah this and no that, that's going to all be gone sex or, yeah uh, yeah it's, yeah, it's going to be um it's going to be interesting unfortunately we are getting close to the end of our time so yeah we'll have to wrap it up but... yeah well this was very very fun i love the session that you gave oh, me and yeah, yeah and i think everybody is going to love taking your courses when you offer them oh, yeah. um so and and then they're going to have their fun reading the galactic akasha records of their clients of their friends of their family it's going to be a fun cocktail party oh, it's activity oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's all about having fun anyways like i, I need to i need to train more people to do this so i don't have to do all the readings myself yeah. I, I do a lot of them. And, yeah, yeah. And I need to teach more. I need to be out there teaching and being in the public. So yeah, and then so just kind of that's my motivation is I want more people to do this so they can have the same kind of fun you and I are having. So yeah, because this is so much fun. I could, I could. This is like a great icebreaker at parties and other things so i really think a lot of people are going to love going to your library of past courses and taking them and learning new skills and oh, being yeah. fifth dimensional awareness well everybody if you want more from debbie solaris um go to her website which is debbiesolaris.com and she is going to be putting her courses on these type of um services that she does with the, what you just saw with me to the site they'll be informed when um the courses come out um i do need to do a closing prayer because we do okay on your records so okay. um you don't want to leave your records open that's like, okay go ahead that's like a akashic no-no you know so um i would like to thank the masters teachers and loved ones for their love and compassion i would like to thank the lords of the akashic records for their point of view and i would like to thank the holy spirit of light for all knowledge and healing the records are now closed. Amen. The records are now closed. Amen. The records are now closed. Amen. Your energy goes with you and my energy stays with me. Vaughn, it was a real pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank oh, you thank for, you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It was, it was fabulous. I enjoyed my session very much. I know the listeners are going to really enjoy it as well. It definitely piques the sci-fi interest and the oh, creative yeah. writing and all that. And there's a lot of artists that follow the channel for material. So oh, this awesome. is great. Yeah. So thank you everyone. Yeah. Oh yes, definitely. Thank you everyone for listening to another, another wonderful, enlightening conversation. Until next time, blessings. Blessings. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Merkaba Chakras, where we talk Buddhism in the fifth dimension. For more information about today's guest, please go to the show description. For more information about Vaughn's metaphysical work, please go to MerkabaChakras.com. The views expressed today are for entertainment purposes and do not necessarily reflect the views of the host or replace any medical or legal advice. Don't forget to subscribe for more interviews about the fifth dimension. Until we meet again, blessings.